0: All right. Well, welcome back to Big Fitch Little Pod. We're so glad that you could join us again today. One of the things that has caught my attention three or four times this week um, was that different people approached Jesus for different reasons, or Jesus ended up right in front of them and gave them an opportunity. And one of the questions that seems to be pretty ready at Jesus' lips was the question, what can I do for you? Or what do you want me to do for you? He said it once to Bartimaeus, who was a man who I believe had become blind. He had seen once because in one of the answers, he says, I want to see again. Um, So I think he was somebody who had sight, lost his sight, and and Jesus reached out to, or he reached out to Jesus, actually. Um, There's another story um, about the disciples, James and John, coming to Jesus with a question, and he said, what do you want me to do for you? And then I think there's an Old Testament scripture, too, that God says to Solomon, you know, I'm very pleased with who you are and what you've done. What can I do for you? Or what do you want me to give you? Um, And Solomon answers that. So I'd like to just take a look at those things in the uh, in Bartimaeus's story Jesus and his entourage are walking by on their way in to visit Jericho and he is near the gates um, with the other beggars holding out his hands calling for alms, alms for the poor and that's kind of his his job. His life is going out each morning sitting on his beggar's blanket and asking for help. And he must have caught somebody or heard things as they went by. And he calls out to Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And everybody else, the scriptures say, tries to quiet him down. Don't bother the important man. But he calls out even louder and somebody grabs him and brings him to Jesus. And, and Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus says, without much thought at all. I want to see, and in that story, uh, Jesus heals him, gives him back his sight, and Bartimaeus becomes a follower of Jesus. The other story is somewhere along the line. You know, John and and James, brothers, the sons of thunder, have uh, really taken to Jesus' message. They believe he is not only a great teacher, but the Messiah who's going to come into power and glory. And either they. Or their mother. There's two different stories, um, which happens in the scripture. They go up to Jesus, and Jesus says, "Well, what do you want me to do for you?" And John and James say, "Well, one of us wants to sit on your right side, and one of us wants to be your left hand person when you come into your glory. We want to be like the next in charge, you know." And Jesus says to them, "Are you are you able to?" to walk the path that I'm going to walk? And they say, yes, of course we are. And and Jesus says, well, you know, you're right. You will walk the path that I walk, but it's not up to me to give who's by my left or by my right. That has been prepared for the people that it's supposed to be. And he doesn't tell them if that's them or not. And then in the, in the story back in in the days of the kings in Israel, God is pleased with Solomon and says, Solomon, you know, I love who you are and what you're doing. What can I give you? And Solomon could ask for anything from God, but he says, what I really want, you've you've blessed me with so much. What I want is your wisdom. I want wisdom. And so God gives that to him. Unfortunately, he God doesn't take away free will. So Solomon sometimes uses the wisdom and sometimes doesn't. But uh, that makes him human like the rest of us, right? So, so Amy, what, what, what all those things do to me as they all kind of came together in the last week or two is it makes me think if God is real and if God can manifest God's self so that I can see and, and talk with God and God came to me or God came to you um, and said, hey, I really like who you are and what you're about. What can I do for you? How would we answer that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of that while you were telling the stories because it seems like some of the questions, I mean, some of the answers were a little, I don't know, not selfish, but. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, John and James were true to their names, the Sons of Thunder, you know?
1: I never heard them called the Sons of Thunder. That sounds to me like a, like a WWE character. <laughs> when well, you said that just now, I was like, what?
0: Yeah, yeah that's that was their name. The Sons, Sons of, of Thunder. Thunder. Yeah. That is so yep.
1: funny. Yeah. Um, I think that, I, I mean, I guess you don't know, right? It's one of those things where right? Um, you have an idea of what you would... But then, when it comes to a moment like that, so full and charged of emotion and shock, and like maybe right. you actually ask for like the selfish thing you've been thinking of your whole life, or something, you know, or maybe you ask—I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, not to not to steal from Disney, but it's a tale as old as time. It's the genie thing. Yeah, yeah. you know, you got the genie that says, "I'll give you three wishes," yeah. but. But it seems to complicate it when it comes from God.
1: Yeah, because I think there's a n- natural moral aspect, right? Yeah, like with a genie, I feel like you could ask for selfish things and like whatever you got right. three wishes, you know?
0: Right, <laughs> right. Maybe I'll tithe one of them as a yeah. Moral thing.
1: Yeah, it's like if I won a million dollars or if like I inherited money from you, like I would, I would use that money differently, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. So I think my hope would be that I would ask God to help me keep him at the center of my life. Awesome. Because I think that's my biggest struggle in my spiritual practice is that I want God to be the center of my life, but I'm consistently distracted by other things. Um, yep. And I think in a way it is a selfish request because I know that when God is at the center of my life, I'm happiest.
0: Right. Right. Right.
1: Right. So I feel like if, if I knew that God was going to be at the center of my life, then it wouldn't matter what other stuff like I had or I didn't have or how things went or how they did it go. Right. Um, like there's things I can imagine asking for like things I want in my future things I want my life to go or that I would want. And I could imagine maybe I could just ask for that instead, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, say I asked for like a million dollars, but then having a million dollars actually caused great disruption in my life, you know, so I think right.
0: Right, which is the other side of that coin. Yeah.
1: Well I think asking like for God not not for God to just be at the center of my life because I believe He is at the center of my life, but for me to be aware and live in accordance with the fact that God is at the center of my life. Then those ups and downs would be Well, yeah. Navigatable. Is that a word?
0: Navigatable. Yeah. It seems like it should have a different emphasis, but I don't know how you would say it. Navigable, navigable. I can't even say it. Oh, well. It's funny because the word
1: navigatable sounds like you're trying to navigate the word. Navigatable. Right.
0: Right. <laughs> So you and I must be related because as I was thinking about this and said, well, Bob, you have to answer that question. If you're going to ask other people to answer that question. Um, The thing that came up to me was at this point in time in my life, I feel like I'm blessed. You know, I'm not the, I'm not rich by any means, but we have what we need and want. Um, if I had more money, I would just help other mm-hmm. people get what they need and want. Um, you know, but what I would, I, I hope what I would answer God with is, you know, can you just help remind me at times? Can you make sure at those times when I'm getting distracted that, that just yeah. tap me on the shoulder and yeah. say, Bob, you wanted to do this. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what I feel like I need. Just keep me from losing focus, right. you know, right. um, except in the times when losing focus is the right thing, you know, right. Um, right. just tap me on the shoulder and say, Bob, yeah. the path's over yeah. here. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's all I want. Because I believe everything else falls into place when that happens, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. But isn't it funny that, like, if we, like, the powers of God, which I believe to be, like, the biggest, most powerful of anything in the universe, like, that if I had the chance to ask God for something, like, that's what I would ask him for. But essentially, I can do that myself.
0: Right. Right. Like,
1: that's not actually outside my own abilities. Right. Whereas, like, I can't instantly right, manifest but, a million dollars.
0: Right, right. Or I can't make necessarily make myself see.
1: Right.
0: You know? And I don't have a grandchild right now that has leukemia.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know? If I had a grandchild that has leukemia mm-hmm. and God says, what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. That would seem to be an awful big pull. Right. To say, I'd I'd like you to heal my grandson. Right.
1: But the weird thing, I think, about this world is that if you ask that of God and they healed your grandson, it could be that, like, in two years that cancer comes back or in two years now your son has cancer.
0: Right. Or. that's
1: the point, right? Like.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. We actually talked about this. Yeah.
1: Was it in the last podcast or was it in Bible study? That, like, yeah, like the bad things are going to come in this world.
0: right? Right. The last podcast, I think. And yeah. so
1: I think I relate to you with like that, that that's almost like putting a bandaid yeah. on the wound.
0: Right. 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 Solve a
1: temporary like, right. problem that's like a fraction of your experience.
0: Yeah. So we're close to, to Solomon who asked for wisdom. Yeah. You know, but then <laughs> maybe based on his lesson that he's taught us and, our lives that we've talked about often, maybe you and I should ask for, God, can you just help us to stay with the things yeah. that we know are the best things? Because, like, Solomon got the wisdom and exhibited it in that famous story about the two women who claimed the same child, you know. Um, I don't know if you know that story.
1: I'm sorry, but I didn't know that, that one came from God. I
0: just thought Solomon was smart. Yeah, yeah. No, he asked for wisdom, and then they tell that story as an example of how he used it. But then they share the rest of his life where he didn't do what God wanted him to do, even though he knew what was right. Um, and and he chose to do not right and brought destruction upon the whole kingdom you know, and his family.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, so yeah, it's that. Gosh, if God, if you can find a way to keep me more faithful, you know, that's all yeah. I need.
1: But I'm thinking, like, oh, so yeah. you and I think alike, right? But I'm thinking, like, if Andrew was here, Andrew yeah. thinks different than us in some ways, and I'm thinking, like, right, if would Andrew not consider our request incredibly selfish because we're basically just helping ourselves like if we had the choice between healing like a grandchild or healing the world or something like like we didn't think to like eradicate like hiv or something you know and instead we're just asking like for god to like yeah like make this miracle in our own lives in our own consciousness Like we're only helping one person, basically. Couldn't that be like the counter argument?
0: Very easily. And I would bring back up the pebble, not to counter that argument, but to say, but the best I can do is what I can do. Yeah. So if God is reminding me, then that's the pebble in the water and God's going to lead me to share and to do the things that God wants done, which means those rings are going to continue out. Yeah. So it's not just for me. It's, you know, I mean, I really want to do what God wants me to do for other people. Right. You know, not for myself. I'm feeling pretty secure in who I am in God. Yeah. You know, um I feel like I'm taken care of and I feel like my future, even if I don't know what it is, and my eternal future, even though I don't know what it is, is secure.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I I don't have wants and needs based on that. But if I'm faithful, I make a difference in other people's lives, right. or God makes a difference in other people's lives. Right. Right. So I would I would share that as I'm not as selfish as you think. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah.
0: But I understand, yeah. the why not use it to eradicate any of those things that you mentioned or to bring peace in this world. Yeah. To jam every gun that goes to shoot somebody.
1: Right. Well I'm thinking like for somebody who doesn't necessarily believe in God, like if they heard that this is the answer. Like I'm thinking of it like like if you consider like a basketball player who's like completely obsessed with basketball and worships basketball. And if they were given like if like a basketball came to them, like a magic basketball and said like, what can I do for you? Like anything. Right. And their like response was like, please just help me stay focused on the game because when right. my head isn't focused, I don't play as well. Right. Like we I would be like, Are you kidding me?
0: <laughs> Okay, so you're throwing a challenge our way, huh? Well,
1: I'm just thinking for someone like you and I live within this bubble, which I think we both believe yep. is reality. But you and I both live in this yep. bubble where God is in control and God is our goal. <laughs> and so, like all the other things in our lives are important. Like, obviously, like family is very important. Like, charity, kindness to others, all these things are important in our lives, our work, you know but in the end I think you and I are both people where God would always be the primary importance even if we're not good at showing that necessarily, like if Bush came to shove, we would choose God you know Yeah. but for many people that's not the case at all not only would they not choose God but they don't even believe in God
0: yeah, right but to choose focus right as you mentioned the basketball player
1: mm-hmm.
0: i mean he was limiting it to focus on the basketball court maybe. yeah in the
1: same way that i think we would be limiting it to focus on spirituality which for us it permeates everything but for some people they see that as just a category of life
0: oh see i see all right you know what i mean yeah, because I don't see God as just spirituality.
1: Of course, because we believe that God is in everything. But for, <laughs> but for people who don't right. have that, like, I don't think about basketball as a category of my life. Okay,
0: right, right, right. But right. For some
1: people, basketball is their so, life, you know?
0: So if there, this is, this, this is an amusing question to me now. So if there is no God, and God <laughs> comes and says, what can right. I do for you? Uh, um, oh, right. how would you answer right. <laughs> <laughs> my, obviously my good Southern Baptist prayer for all those folks is that their answer would be, help me to know you,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but, mm-hmm. But yeah, let's let's take that. If there is no God, and God says, mm-hmm. "What can I do for you?" Life mm-hmm. says, "What can I do for you?" How do you answer that? Yeah. Well, I, does that does that change your answer?
1: No, because you are, you and I believe in God, like to the end. You know what uh, I mean? Like, so like that scenario doesn't work. But like, I think the point is like for someone hearing this conversation. Yeah who doesn't necessarily believe in God, we sound insane.
0: I understand. Because
1: you and I are saying like, like let's invest these, like let's invest all of this into this pretend system all right. that doesn't even exist, you know, which to me okay. is like basketball. For some people, basketball isn't a pretend system, but for me, basketball is just a pretend system. There's a reality. And then there's people playing basketball as <laughs> a game, you know?
0: Right. So, I'm pretty sure, and I've even gone to to get it checked out, um, I'm pretty sure I'm not insane. I've even gone to non-theist counselors, you know, t- to make sure I'm not insane. So unless you think right. I'm insane just because I believe in God and that's no. not even possible, you know, to have a God, then I am insane because I do believe in that. Um but,
1: I think most intelligent people who don't think there's a God would just say that you're a product of your culture and upbringing.
0: Right. Right. So so I think I am able to try to take myself out of the situation and say, okay, there is no God. How would I answer that question if life says to me, mm-hmm. what can I give you? Um, help me to make – well, see, that's selfish too. Help me to make the most of what life gives me. Yeah. That's what I think my answer at this point in time in my life would be.
1: Yeah, which is pretty selfish because it's only affecting you.
0: Except it doesn't. If I make the most of what life gives me, I make the most positive influence on others.
1: Yeah, could be, yeah.
0: How do you think Andrew would answer?
1: I don't know. This is why we need guests on this podcast.
0: Oh. It's quarter to seven in California. You should be (laughs) able to answer us now.
1: How would Andrew answer this question? I mean, I think Andrew would... I think Andrew would... It would be a giving thing. I think it would be a giving thing,
0: Brian. It would be, right? I think
1: he would come up with a giving thing. Like... I see. Either, like... Yeah, like whatever biggest problem he feels in the world, solve it. Or everybody gets access to mental health support. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think whatever it is for him.
0: (laughs) But that would be limited.
1: Yeah, to material things. But I think uh, someone who doesn't believe in God, most likely their concept of life is limited to material things.
0: And see, I think Andrew would come up with a better answer than you or me.
1: Yeah, he very Yeah, yeah. Well that's what I'm arguing is that I think he would hear yeah. our answer and be like, Are you kidding me? Like the same way I feel about the basketball guy.
0: And and just so Anna Capri's not not feeling slighted, um, I think she would also come up with a really kind answer.
1: Yeah, probably. I'm thinking she would have like unlimited chai. <laughs> she-
0: she would not that would be the the first wish if there were two others to come yeah so i i can give you an example of like if i was just self-centered yeah um i had an experience this week that i'm i've been helping this this guy um And went Mm -hmm. to a cookout and they have like a five-year-old boy and a -a two-and-a-half-year-old girl. Mm. And, and I got to play with them, Mm -hmm. you know, and I got to, you know, play with them. We built fires, we played ball, we, and then I got to play all those, those, um, um, imaginary games with the little girl. Yeah. You know, like I used to play with you. (laughs) Yeah. And and at the end of the night, as they were getting ready to go up to bed and we were getting ready to leave, she came up to me and threw her arms around my neck and kissed me on the cheek and said, I love you. <laughs> and I'm like,
1: dang,
0: I really want grandchildren. Um, I'm going to be good at this, you know? And that's the first time that ever hit me. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I'm like, dang, I'm going to be good at this. And I miss this. Yeah. You know? so, so yeah, so if the genie comes and I get three wishes, well, one of my wishes is <laughs> that you guys are all able to have everything you need so that you feel comfortable and ready and able to have grandchildren for
1: me. <laughs> that is so sweet, Dad. <laughs> um,
0: I would be, I, it, I couldn't have been happier in that moment yeah. unless she was really mine. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. So I have those desires. Yeah. But in the old genie stories, well, then I get those grandchildren and something terrible happens
1: to them. Well, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah.
0: Or we get estranged for some reason. Well, right. Well,
1: And I think that's the – I think that's where – it's important to establish that we don't think that people who don't believe in God don't know that. Like, obviously they know that they know that like the world is temporary and that like things come and go. I think the difference just is that you and I believe that out of all the temporary earthly things, there is something that is eternal.
0: I believe that. Yeah. There
1: is something that will last forever and that will be constant. And so then it just makes the most logical sense for us to invest in that thing that will, last forever you know
0: right right
1: because i think if anybody that didn't believe in the soul or of like a life um if they chose grandchildren they would know i mean people choose to have children all the time and they know that child might be right. born and it might not be exactly right. how you expected it to be right
0: right which everyone tries to prepare themselves for and no one ever can
1: yeah and yeah. so i think like it makes sense that for us, people who like love family so much, there would still be something higher yeah. because that higher thing trumps all of these other things because it's forever. Right. Which is interesting because in right. like yoga wisdom, like in the Bhagavad Gita, like it said that like they're on a battlefield. The Bhagavad Gita is, is like a philosophical book that's spoken on a battlefield. And right, um, it said like, right. like look around you like, None of these kings, like none of these uh, soldiers, like no one here has ever lived or died or been born. Like they're all eternal. Everybody here is eternal. So it's not just that God is eternal, it's that we're all right. eternal. And that, like, this idea right. of us dying or being born is actually yeah. uh, just a temporary experience that we're having. But the truth is that we're all yeah. eternal. So if your child is born and then your child dies, in like a painful way here on earth, like yeah. it didn't really affect that child's soul. Like the soul is right, still intact.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, but, but that's where you and I may be a little different. Yeah. It's hard to find differences in us, but you and I may be a little different in that, in that I think that for religion or a philosophy to be, as good as it can be it has to have that eternal sense but it also has to be effective and and meaningful and powerful and ultimate in the understanding that everything is finite that that this world that this world is all there is
1: but how can you have both
0: because that to me is God, (laughs) but, but I believe the principles, I believe the principles that lead to eternity Mm -hmm. are also principles that are effective and work meaningfully and ultimately in a finite world.
1: Yes. I agree with that. I think the same,
0: you know, so that if I'm in a finite world, like I had, I learned early on. I, I might have been a pastor for two years mm-hmm. or so. It's that couple that gave me the poem that is it, I still have framed and in the house. Yeah, you know about, about child being a gift from God, and I have no guarantee how long I have them.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, their child died at two years old after having spina bifida from the time it was mm-hmm. born. But they said to me, "I was ready to do the whole, but." But it's a gift of love and we take what God gave us and we're going to get to see them again. Right. You know, they just said, my child lived less than two years and was, in our view, a sick child, Mm -hmm. but she gave us more than some people's children who have them for 60 years. Right. We've gotten more from this child and she's changed our life. Right. So who's to say her life wasn't right. complete? Right. You know, that to me is wonderful. That's and that wasn't yeah. just a platitude. Right. right. That was real for them. Right. They they got right. it. Right. You know. Now, if this is all there is, yeah. that seems tragic to me, but it wasn't right. tragic to right. them. I don't know how. And I understand people that are devastated in that same situation. Right. But to me, they got it. Right. And they weren't talking eternity. They were talking just that 19 months that yeah. they had. Yeah. You know, that, that to me is powerful.
1: And for you, if they had the belief that that child had never really been born or died because that child's identity exists actually in a higher level of consciousness or whatever and right. that would have changed that for you that makes the the earthly experience no less
0: to me to me no it it fits that it fits both the eternal view and the finite view you know to believe that that child chose to come and
1: right and right. take on
0: that you know because of something she was
1: gonna learn like yeah <clears throat> I guess that's the thing for me. is like you know? the that eternality, that idea that like that. Yes, I was born here. Like you know, you were there. <laughs> you were in the room. I was born. Like right. we're not denying right. that that happened. I'm not saying that this is an illusion that we're all just right. dreaming or something. But the fact that that right. happened and that one day I will die, that that's not the beginning and end of my story. Right. That my story is actually a much much longer lifeline. This has just been a portion of it in which the weight that I put on burn death, I'm actually a little confused about that. Actually that's not as weighty right. as I currently understand it to be. That's what right. I'm saying. And so for me, that understanding actually right. makes this time much more focused and I think not free, but like, it's almost like going to school. Like, I got something
0: to do here. <laughs> right, right, right. I agree totally. Yeah. But in, in reverse, they're being able to say this 19 months plus the eight and a half months that we had in process of her being born
1: mm-hmm.
0: was all there is. Right. And that was enough.
1: Right, right.
0: That to me is powerful. Right. And then... If the rest that you and I believe is true, mm-hmm. that's just <laughs> like I don't know, cake on the icing, right, right, you know. Right. right. Um. Right. That that's just so much better. But they were able to say these few months right. were enough right. without anything right. else, and that to me seems really healthy. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And, and beautiful. Yeah,
1: I think that's one unique thing about like, our faith, too, you and I, is that, like, we both believe pretty strongly, and at the same time, are, like, totally good with other people feeling differently.
0: Right, (laughs) right.
1: Which I think you and I both said is, like, a strength and possibly a weakness in our ministries. Right,
0: right. But I think the weakness of an eternal view is to minimize what's going on on earth now.
1: Right. I see what you mean now. I see what you mean. And I guess
0: for me... As my as my dad would say, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good.
1: Yeah, I guess I just haven't you know? experienced that. Like, do you do you right. feel that way about me? That like because I believe in like eternal eternity? no,
0: no, no. I don't feel that way about you at all.
1: So then, why would you have that pushback against that?
0: Because I know a lot of Christians. Yeah, I know a lot of people of faith who, yeah. their lives are just not what they want them to be. So all they do is dream about what's to come
1: I see I see
0: Gotcha. you know yeah so they live in what's to come or they pursue their past lives gotcha you know and they don't live this life
1: right gotcha
0: and if we're
1: here as I
0: quoted my grandfather a couple sessions back we're here for a reason right and that makes this ultimately important yes you know
1: Well, it's funny, actually, yeah. because that... And
0: I feel you live that way, so I don't have any problem with you. <laughs> you know? Well, it's
1: funny because that's actually yeah. built into the Bhagavad Gita because, like, they he says, like,
0: yeah. none
1: of this really matters, essentially. But then he says, you're a soldier, that's your profession, so fight. Right. <laughs> so he doesn't right. say, like, none of right. this matters, just go off right. to the mountains and meditate. right. You know? right. Yeah.
0: And that's where, you know, Jesus talks about a, a world right. where there is no more sickness, right. no more death, no more heartache, no more struggles, right. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
1: But right. Right.
0: then he says, we're not there but yet. feed the hungry, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. clothe the naked. It doesn't, right. you know, just because one day they'll have a white robe and wings. Yeah. 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 Right now they don't have jeans. Give them jeans. Yes. Sew them a sleeping bag so they can be warm or bring them to your house.
1: No, it's a really good point.
0: This matters. It's a really good
1: point. I mean, my professor this week said to us, like, as spiritual, like, leaders in the future, like, we need, no matter how deep we get into our own spiritual practice, like, we have to remember to focus on the thing that the person in front of us brings us. So if they bring us, my cat died yesterday, yeah. we need to focus on your cat died yesterday. Yep. Like no matter what we're currently learning in school Absolutely. or no matter what we're studying in our devotions or no matter like how, what you're saying, like heavenly minded we are in that moment. Like we need to focus on the thing that the person in front of us brought us, which goes back to this whole genie God question. It's like, yeah, which one do you go for? Like when God gives you the question, when he gives you the offer, do you go for the thing right in front of you that's currently challenging in your earthly life or do you go for another option
0: i'm i'm pretty sure the one thing i won't do is ask if i could sit on the left or right
1: (laughs) yeah that is too much (laughs) what did you say that jesus said like that's not my call
0: (laughs) yeah that's what he said
1: it's above my pay grade
0: yep yep That those those positions have been prepared for someone, and I don't know if that's you.
1: That is such a good answer.
0: Absolutely. It's not my call. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> me. So, so this week, tell us what you would answer or think about. You know, if life manifested itself to you, if God manifested God's self to you and says, I am here to give you what you want most. How would you, what would you ask for? And I guess based on our conversation, practically, after you answer that, ask yourself, what keeps me from making that a reality in my life?
1: For listening to this week's episode of Big Fish Little Pod, we are super excited about this podcast and the community we are hoping to form around it. We really want you to reach out and share your responses and reflections. Right now, we have three main ways to do that. You can either comment right on the podcast post on Facebook, which will be posted weekly on my dad's Bob Hollis Facebook page. You can private message him through Facebook as well, or you can email us at Big Fish Little Pod at gmail.com. We will be releasing a new episode each week, and we are so excited and grateful for all of your support. Thank you so much.